Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I am Dory. Um, it's a big, uh, big update. We've done a transfer since we last talked to you. It feels like it was a million years ago, but it was actually only six days ago. Feels like a million years because a lot's happened all week. A lot. Very has busy happened. week. Very busy for the Shafriras, and we're we're facing down another very busy week. Tremendously so, I would say. Sure. Yep. Yeah, I got a lot of podcasting to do. You've got to squeeze some pods in before you get out of here. Yep. Um, we're busy people, but thank God for that because I'd rather not. I'd rather be busy than not busy. You oh, same. Mean? You say that weirdly, as though I don't believe you. No, no. I I feel better when I'm busy. Yeah. It. I feel like I actually get more done when I'm busy. You know? Well, honey, I think that sort of 
No, what I'm saying is why you're busy. Right. But I'm saying if like, if I have like a project that Mm -hmm. is like a long-term project. Yeah. I find that if I'm busier, I will work more on everything, not just the stuff I need to do immediately. Interesting. We're finding out so much about each other here. We are. Uh, I took a nap this afternoon. You sure did. You were exhausted. I was exhausted. Big weekend here. Yeah, and I haven't been sleeping well. No, you have not. Um, let me just knock the uh, business out of the way. Oh real yes, quick. the business. Uh, leave your Apple Podcast reviews. You can go to uh, Apple Podcasts and do so there. Please leave a five star review. We you know, appreciate it. You don't even have to leave a review. Even just a a rating. There you go. Rate us is helpful. If you're so inclined, review us. Yes. Uh, Facebook group is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure. That's a great place to put out sperm, egg, embryo, uh, lining, PCOS, protocol. all kinds of signals. You yep. can throw it out there into the Facebook group during the week. And, uh, you know, if the podcast isn't happening uh, for another four days, you're like, I need an answer. Get on the face group. Uh, Wait, you can't call that a face group also. That's you what know, you call the next conversation Facebook group. Well, I just feel like face group is... <laughs> Concise. All right. Maybe I call everything a face group. Maybe it's the egg group. Oh, that could be a thing. Um, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash excellentadventure. And our website is excellentadventure.com. Our Twitter handle, of course, is at excellentpod. And our email, dorianmatt at gmail and matt and doria gmail for our phone number, 41346. One baby. One baby. And please leave us voicemails. We love voicemails. They're nice because we don't have to read. Yeah, and we and get we to can listen. I also like to hear, hear, what, hear what's doing. I like to hear our listeners' voices. Hear how how uh, much traffic is going by you as you've pulled over to call us. Yeah, etc. You know, if you put our number in your phone as a contact, and you're in your in your car, Boom, and you handy, have very handy Bluetooth. You, you can just go be like, free. call excellent adventure. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I have not done it personally, but I'm just saying one could do it. It'd be funny if I thought of something during the week and I left a voicemail to remind myself on the podcast mm. to do it like we played it. You should do that. That'd be interesting. It would be. I should leave a voicemail for Andy on the Star Trek podcast. Ooh. I should leave a voicemail for Kate on Forever 35. Uh, guys, we are finding out all sorts of new fun <laughs> ways to annoy our co-hosts. <laughs> <clears throat> so, yeah, back into our lives. Um... Yeah, it's been a week, you know, it's been a long week. Monday was the transfer, um, which I will say I think went off very smoothly. Yeah, it did. And I, that includes... As transfers go. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of poking and prodding. Nope. Um, it seemed to be a smooth, uh, shall we say, uh, smooth deposit. Yeah. And... Um, she seemed to like how the embryo looked. Yes. She said it was beautiful. <laughs> Uh, beautiful as far as embryos go. If you'd like to see the embryo, you can. It's on my Instagram. It's right? on the gram? You didn't just put it in stories? No, I think I put it in the Instagram, the photo of the nurse or oh, the embryologist yes, 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 and yes. the embryo and in, believe, the, in the monitor. I think I have the printout. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to get too attached. You know, if you thought people uh, putting ultrasounds on Facebook were annoying, wait till you see us put embryos that may not stick on Instagram. <laughs> so yeah look it's um i think it was a a worthy uh attempt i think it, I, I feel good about it i know 
none of us get ahead of ourselves here. Dory obviously uh, takes the pessimistic uh, Myra m- method there, which is uh, always expect the worst, and you can't be disappointed. Matt got very upset with me this afternoon. Uh, it was a little too negative for my tastes. We were with my parents, <clears throat> and we were talking about, I don't know, Matt had a, a vision for how we could rearrange our house if we have a baby, and I just got very negative, and he got very upset. Yeah, because it wasn't even like a, um, I mean, it wasn't even, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like the office is bigger. That's all. That's all I was saying. So why not make the office the bedroom and vice versa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. So, but she got upset about that. Dory's parents are in town. Mm-hmm. That's been fun. Mm-hmm. She was talking about one of her friends having secret IVFs. Mm-hmm. Yep. She has a lot of people that we're supposed to know their names. <laughs> a lot of them are like uh, Friedmans or Feldmans or <laughs> or just any variation on a Jewish name that begins with an F. Chances are your mother knows them and will refer to them by their first name. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, that's what Rachel does. Well, who? She, Who's that? She brought up, she was like... The other, like, she tells these stories that are like, do you remember the girl who moved to, who, who was there in second grade and I was friends with her mom? Well, she died. And I'm like. Which girl? The mom? Like, it's the, <laughs> the, the, the randomness no, of the I mean, connection the is like. No, I mean, that's too. It's so tangential. It's yes. so, it's not acquaintance. It's a no. level beyond acquaintance. It's a level beyond acquaintance. It's like not even person in, at Temple. It's like even beyond that. Yeah. It's like, do you remember the hostess at Polkari's on uh, Beacon Street? They're dead. What? <laughs> I don't remember the hostess at Polkari's. Um, but yeah, it's a lot. So that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Getting a lot of good uh, kibbutz details from your dad this mm-hmm. weekend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. His attempt to start a kibbutz was funny to me. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot happening there. You got some sitcom ideas. <laughs> amazing sitcom. Seventies uh, going off to sort of kibbutz. It's it's. I haven't watched Shit's Creek, but it sounds like it could be Shit's Creek esque. Um, isn't Shit's Creek? Isn't the idea that they are gajillionaires who are like get involved in some sort of Ponzi scheme and are only left with that little piece of land called Schitt's Creek. Yeah, but I feel like the tone could be Schitt's Creek. I don't know. I'd have to watch it. Canadian comedy usually is something I'm very into. I love mm, Eugene Levy uh, yeah. and, and Catherine O'Hara and, and, and Dan Levy. Not mm-hmm. Dan Levy, Dan Levy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. But I will say it's been, you know, it's been busy at work. Yeah. So. We took my parents to the Goldberg set. They came, they came by during a hectic situation like we're filming a party scene there's like a hundred extras like you know a lot was happening so i was like well why don't we not touch the hot set that has the party stuff all over the place that was a good idea and let's uh let's you can see the bedrooms 
They loved that behind the scenes of the Hollywood magic, you know? Yeah. No, it's... It, luckily, you know, we got there right as I was going to go on lunch. A little busy, you know, but we got a good hour together. Yeah. Seemed they a, loved it. Seemed like a reasonable amount of time. Yeah. Uh, then your father had a lengthy conversation. Hebrew, outside yep. of my office. Mm-hmm. A lot of... Huh? <laughs> eh, eh. No one's decisive in Hebrew. <laughs> A lot of waffling. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been a busy, you know, there was the activities. So you have That's your... been good, though. I think, like, after your transfer, you don't want to be bored because then you can kind of Well, you've been, not spiral. only have you been not bored, but you've also been waking up at four o'clock in the morning. I know, for no good reason. It's crazy. It's very annoying. Like, I'll get up to go to the gym and I'll open my eyes and you'll be reading a kindle at five o'clock in the morning yeah because i'm like i don't want to get up maybe i can fall back asleep yeah so i'm gonna read for a bit sometimes like one day i did but you you did fall yeah yeah but like sometimes i don't this morning i didn't that was why i had to nap you fell back asleep and that was probably thursday because i was running around a little bit in the morning because i had to go to therapy and then i had to leave and bo had still not gone out Mm. Yeah, I took Bo out pretty late. Yeah, he didn't care. No, he didn't. He was lying on the couch. Which means, like, this whole as thing opposed is a to trick. as opposed a trick. this morning, he he was like bugging me so much about going out. Were you awake? Awake? Yeah, but he had come out here. Like, I don't think he ever. No, he did. I pulled his. I took his leash off. No, he did because his collar off. Right? I was up when he got up, shook himself off, and walked to the living room. Let me ask a question to all the dog people out there. Do you guys take the, your dog's collar off at night? I think it's interesting that we do. Let us know in the comments. I, like, I'm curious. Um, you know, like, some people I think take it's weird their... Cause like Bo, I, think, I feel like Bo, once his collar's off, Bo knows. It's time for that bed. It's like, okay, we're, we're in for the night. Although sometimes he just comes into the bedroom. Like, I'll go into bed and read. And, enough, yeah. yeah, and he'll come in. I mean, some people take their col- dog's collars off when they come into the house. Oh, that's interesting. My only fear about taking right. off his you collar... You need to be able to grab on. Is if there was an emergency and we had to like vacate the house quickly and he's not wearing his collar. Mm, That's interesting. That makes me nervous. So here's what we should do. We should have a couple of collars in our glove boxes. Mm, That's a good idea. You know, preparedness. Or he could have a night collar that just had one tag on it. Well, that's a little excessive. Because the issue is that the tags clang. That's your issue. Yes. You could get like, we could get like a little plastic, um, rubber buffers you know what i mean like little, oh yeah like keys have yeah and then he won't clang maybe we could do that but then he's never going to be naked i don't think he cares i think i also think when mary jane stays at the house she doesn't take his collar off right and when he's at the chateau sleeping he he has his collar yeah. on bo's a good sleeper so you know really doesn't in care. fact he's asleep right now yeah, he's collar on laying on the ground head nestled up against a 63 fender jaguar just Really enjoying himself. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is one thing I wanted to tell you, which is that I want to home test. Oh, when? I think Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Why? You're not even going until Wednesday. I know. And we're not even supposed to be testing until Thursday. So you're now adding, you're now taking two days I'll test Wednesday morning before I go in. Why? Because I want to know before I go in. Why? Because I just do. 
But then if you know, what's the point of going in? Because it could be confirmed. Like, what if it? What if I get a positive pregnancy test, but it's a low beta? I'm going to want to know that. Right. But I'm just saying, like, the last time when you had the very low beta, mm-hmm. you did not home test. Correct. Had you home tested, what would have happened? I would have been like... I might be pregnant. It probably would have been a very faint line, though, because I didn't have that much HCG in me. Yeah. Interesting. Well, guys, you have that look to look forward to. I'm telling Corey's you. We're going to home test. We're going to have to record on Wednesday anyway. Yeah. Because you're going to um, New York yeah. for podcast stuff. Yep. So, not this podcast. Um, look, you know how I feel about the home test. I know. You don't like the home test. Not a fan. I know. You're telling me that you're going to home test it. Does not make me any more of a fan of the home test? I hope you just at least appreciate that I'm telling you. Uh, <sighs> I mean, look, here's the other thing. I might yeah. not even get it together to buy home tests. So let's not like <laughs> put the cart before the horse. Well, the way you've been behaving lately, I don't think you will get it together. <gasps> you'll be sleeping. You'll be sick. You'll be tired. <gasps> Maybe this embryo is draining your life force. I think the progesterone is draining my life force. Oh, that'll do it too. That's the problem. You're putting all this progesterone in you and it like mimics the symptoms of pregnancy. So you can't know if it's actually the pregnancy or the progesterone. Right. But I also don't particularly remember any of this happening the last two times. Hmm. Although the second, the time, the previous time, I wasn't even, I was gone. I was you gone were gone. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. I was like... Also, the first time I did shots, not yeah. suppositories. Hmm. You know, shoving them up the strike zone. Yeah. Keep your strike zones clean, everybody. What? It's hard when you're putting progesterone suppositories in your strike zone to keep it clean. Right. A lot of discharge. Well, <laughs> well, look, I think it's time to discharge us from telling any more stories. <laughs> And now we move on to the email section, everybody. This is where you participate in the show. We wouldn't have a show without the emails, but we would, but it would be about 25 minutes long. Yeah, which uh, maybe some of you would enjoy, well, bet more. Yeah, I don't know. Um, did we say you can email us at Matt and Dory at Gmail and Dory and Matt at Gmail? Yeah, and we said it again, too. That's great. Okay. Now we now people doubly know. Yeah. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time and you don't know the email... <laughs> What are you even doing? Also, I mean, it's hard to communicate this to people who have only recently started listening. But if you're only on episode 20 and you email us, you should just listen. I feel like we said this. You should listen to the most recent episode to see if we read your email. Yeah. And then you can go back and catch up. But this is falling on deaf ears. (laughs) Uh, Well, we have an email from Anonymous. Okay. Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm a longtime listener and a first-time writer into the show. Actually, first-time writer into any podcast. Ooh. Finally, I wanted to write in about three different topics around suggestions for quitting smoking and, oh, sorry, an explanation into patient accounting uh, for IVF uh, billing practices and finally send out an egg signal for their own scenario. So, it's all over the place. Here we go. I'm ready. Matt, have you ever thought about going to a hypnotist to help with your smoking habit? Yes, I have. Uh, thought about it. 
In last week's episode, I heard Matt talking about how smoking is a stress relief ha- habit, which is very similar to how I approached smoking. I went to a hypnotist, and that was when I was able to break the link between smoking a stress release and ultimately remove the cravings I had on a daily basis. I was able to quit smoking pretty seamlessly from there, and I quit for nine years. Very envious of uh, your nine-year uh, quitting. That's amazing. Congratulations. Good job. And... Uh, yeah, I mean, my plan is to just crank through this Alan Carr book one more time and call it an end of the end. The end. That's my plan. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that works. And uh, I'll tell you what, certainly if uh, this transfer, we don't get good news on the transfer, then it's it done up. Can't smoke whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And if we get good news on the transfer, you can't smoke either. No, no I think it, then you. what I'm supposed to do is put as much secondhand smoke into the house as possible. Oh. So I have to smoke inside now. Oh. I read that somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, In 1940? Yeah, it was a Philip Morris uh, wrote the book. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next is around patient accounting and billing practices. I spent the first part of my career implementing software for patient accounting. Uh, or as the industry calls it, revenue cycle management for hospitals, physician practices, and then moved into consulting uh, on how to improve their financial uh, billing operations. So based on the experience, I can definitely say that there are no good billing offices across the United States. (laughs) Most have flaws in how they run uh, operations. Uh, I know that might have been a rhetorical question on the show, but I'm here to answer it objectively. Here we go. Next, uh, second point is around why they don't include parking or medical records in the overall IVF package. Uh, the way that the patient accounting system works is that they have to track all payments uh, and revenue only as it relates to medical procedures performed. Since parking and medical records are not tied into the patient services, they cannot be tracked in the same accounting system. So my guess is... Uh, as to why they're not increasing their IVF package to cover the expenses. Now, they could just transfer money across systems to make up for this, sure, but considering how many places are still not good at billing insurance on time or getting authorizations, I think it might be a bridge too far. Really, though, they should just not charge for parking in the first place. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Agreed. Uh, And now, finally, I wanted to put out an egg signal on my current situation i'm 34 years old husband is 37 his sperm is dumb lowish count motility and morphology uh i don't have any known issues we started trying uh when i was 30 we did our first ivf round at 31 since then we've done four rounds of ivf and while i'm able to produce a high number of eggs usually 15 to 20 we were never uh gotten a single blast we do have some of our eggs make it to day five but they're usually early blasts and stop growing at this point has anyone else had this happen? Any tips or te- on tests to try or protocols to go forward with? I started using uh, HGH as part of my protocol, but other than that, I don't feel like my doctors have changed much. Would love to hear from anyone else who has this issue, as I feel I'm out on an island on this one. Thanks to the podcast and the community that you've created. Well, Anonymous, guess what? You're definitely not on an island. No, I mean, I thought we had been told that after day three, it's usually a sperm issue. We've been told a lot of different things. I know, but I think it's interesting that this that this listener is only focusing on 
egg quality. What about sperm quality? Well, obviously. I mean, she, they, they say right here that they have no known issues. And it's all sperm. But she's saying she's adding HGH. That's for egg quality. Oh, interesting. I see what I'm you're saying. I'm saying, yeah. why doesn't her husband take some sort of well, blah, blah, blah. Look, I am back on, on the current page with you. Thank you. I previously was at a different page. Mm, it, were you reading the same book? But you brought, yes, the Philip Morris book. Oh, okay. I think you should add cigarettes to your vagina. Ew. That's the Philip Morris book. Ew. Oh, it was gross. You know what? Strike that from the record. Thank you. Delete it in your minds, because I'm not editing that up. Ooh. <laughs> Gross. Um, and, uh, man, uh, put cigarettes in your urethras. Ew. What? I'm equal opportunity here. <laughs> equal opportunity. Gross. Grody to the max. So, yes, the egg <laughs> signal has gone out. Uh, and I, 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 I feel anonymous that this actually might be a sperm signal that's going out. But... Uh, But this actually speaks to one of your points, which is that they don't think about the male factor enough. Is that my point? Yes, that was one of your points. When? You know, sometime, probably around episode, I don't know, 67. Right. Look, I mean, it is, it is, it is, uh, it's a... I feel like sperm gets left off the table because they're like, oh, well, if they're producing a hundred sperm, then that we can find one. Right. But that you know sperm I mean? might be really sickly. Right. I'm just saying well, that's tell. sort of their thinking. Yes, I agree. And I think that's why the psychology of such is like, well, we'll find that one. Let's yeah. work on these things. We only get 15 to 20 of. Right. So we're on the same page. Interesting. We finally got there. Yep. Uh, next one. Uh, is to us from uh, Carolyn. And it is, uh, hi, Matt, Dorian, Bo. Congratulations, and best of luck on the transfer. Thank you. Mazel. I want to share my story, as I've been meaning to write in for a while. I just heard the discussion on on re-biopsying embryos. Well, I don't have any direct experience. Remember this was last week? Someone sent out the embryo biopsy signal? I do remember that. Yeah. Um, their experience isn't uh, with rebiopsing and related effects. I do have experience with birth defects related to IVF, I, uh, ICSI, and PGS. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. My husband has hemophilia, an X-lined chromosomal disorder which travels from male to female to male. You know, the Russian royal family had a lot of hemophilia. Oh, boy. Because they're all inbred, you know? That's so true. Uh, Not can, that your husband is inbred. Sorry, that your is, husband seems to be inbred. Maybe, I'm in, I'm inbred. We were maybe actually. Maybe he should have a cigarette. We were discussing at dinner the other night how how I'm inbred. Well, you're just so genetically um, non diverse. Yeah, that yeah. leads to genetic disorders. That it's staggering. Yeah, I'm basically inbred. I'm not basically. I am. Yeah. Yeah. 99 point whatever percent Ashkenazi Jew. Zero mm-hmm. percent Ashkenazi over here. Yeah. So that's good. I liked how excited my mom was about uh, diversifying the bloodline. Yes, yeah, she was way into that. 
<laughs> Matt pulled up his 23andMe profile, and she she looks like so excited. Oh, <laughs> Cuban, Native American, West African, Italian. Wow. Yeah. So there's a lot happening <laughs> in me. Uh, the Myers got around at some point. You know, the Furtados, too. And the Pinocchios. Anyway, where was I? <laughs> hemophilia. Yeah. Uh, because of the husband's uh, hemophilia, the PGD, PGS, CCS uh, screening uh, was covered by insurance. Ended up with two chromosomally normal embryos created with ICSI and biopsied for testing. Transfer one, decent quality embryos. Uh, knocked up early first trimester doctor almost let me skip the 12 week neutral test nuclear i know but i like neutral what uh <laughs> uh because we had pgs but i figured i may as well off i go to my maternal fetal medicine uh for the ultrasound tech is quiet husband and i are joking about getting a shot of the baby giving the finger for the christmas card she leaves the doctor. Uh, she she leaves to have the doctor sign off the results. And we're waiting and waiting and waiting. I told my husband something is wrong. The doctor comes in to show me a large black spot on the baby's abdomen, which indicates fluid. She tells me that they will monitor it. That wasn't good enough. Following Monday, we're in uh, we're at Columbia in New York for a second opinion. The asshole doctor very nonchalantly tells me that I should just terminate. Uh, did he know how much of an effort and heartache I went making the baby? Making the baby that wasn't acceptable. Fast forward four weeks. Uh, we went to the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which has a leading prenatal surgical department in the United States. They call it CHOP in Philly. Uh, she wrote that down. Oh. And I just read the non... I know, understand. You know how we feel about acronyms here. Yeah, we don't love them. But then all of a sudden, oh, I, I was I went to Penn. I know, I know the Philadelphia things. If you go to the <clears throat> hospital of the University of Pennsylvania, they call it HUP. <laughs> okay. So, after a full day of testing, the doctor, uh, which oddly reminded her of Mindy Kaling, gave the oh. diagnosis of LUDO, which is lower urinary tract obstruction, basically, Ugh. when a baby boy's pee hole does not fully form, causing a backup into the bladder and the kidneys. His kidneys are already shot, and his bladder took up the entire body cavity. He had little to no amniotic fluid and was already not forming correctly. We had no, didn't have a choice. Had to terminate or risk uh, my life at uh, the risk of sepsis. Then there were two horrific weeks that she has skipped. Uh, It was the most difficult thing ever having to do, knowing how much the baby was wanted and loved. Back to my point: although PGD and PGS and CCS testing are fantastic genetic screenings, and IVF is an amazing process, there are still so many variables. Uh, the issue with our baby was non-genetic and most likely results of the IVF process, uh, ICIS or PGS. No one's fault. It just happened. So, as wonder, you discussed in the... I wonder why it was a result of the IVF process. She doesn't really say. Why, was, why do we know that it was? Why wasn't it just a random thing that happens? The issue with our baby was non-genetic and most likely a result of the IVF process. Right. Like, why? That's a, that's, a, that's a potential side effect of the IVF process? I've never heard that. Well, I suppose it's probably just a process of how the baby formed genetically, which the baby formed genetically through IVF. So, I mean, technically... <laughs> 
technically, you could say that that's an accurate statement. Yes. Uh, I want to do my best. I would do my best not to rebiopsy an embryo if at all possible. There's already so much manipulation of the egg and embryo. Always happy to share my story. Always happy to share that my second uh, and last embryo resulted in a sassy three and a half year old. Uh, best of luck from Carolyn. She touched a photo of her very cute. Did it, sassy? Was it sassy? She she looked pretty sassy. Well, that's good. Pretty cute, too. Uh, so there's one um, horrifying story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, look, no one is out of the woods at any point ever. I would like to play a voicemail. Go ahead. That I have labeled Australia Cystic Fibrosis. I don't remember what this voicemail says, but... I think it probably is semi-related since I labeled it that. All right. Weird if it wasn't. Here we go. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, But, like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what (laughs) but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. 
Hi, Matt and Dory. My name is Edwina, and I am calling from Australia. So I've spent the last six weeks binging on your podcast, but I don't think I've heard a single international caller except perhaps from Canada. So I thought I'd call in. Thank you, Edwina. So speaking of Canada, Matt, my husband and I actually grew up in the same city in Australia, and we even have mutual friends. But uh, we met on a working holiday in Canada. Just nice. Met, and seven years later, we're back living in Australia and trying to get this thing on the road. <laughs> so I thought I'd share our story. Uh, we pretty much jumped straight on the IVF train with a side of ICSI. We only tried to conceive naturally for a few months before I was diagnosed with PCOS, and after one unsuccessful cycle on Clomid, we decided to cover all bases and get my husband's sperm checked. Mm -hmm. He had thought there might be an issue because he had been born with something called a duodernal hernia, and that's down in the groinal area, and the scar tissue from the surgical repair can actually block the vas deferens. Whoa. And as he thought, his count came back as zero. So we wow. were immediately referred to a urologist. Uh, but instead, he very quickly diagnosed my husband as a carrier of the cystic fibrosis gene. This actually made a lot of sense because he had an aunt who died at, at the age of 12 from cystic fibrosis. And then his mum must, of course, be a carrier to have passed it on to him. But we, you know, obviously had never heard of this until we started trying to conceive. So I know that's been brought up before, but I don't think anyone has talked about the ICSI process in this kind of case. My husband then had to have a testicular biopsy to check if there were any viable sperm in his testes. Uh, this is a procedure called a teaser, T-E-S-A, which involves cutting out a piece of tissue under a local anesthetic and looking at it under a microscope to see oh, if there's boy. any live sperm. Luckily for us, there was, but they don't have tails in that state and hence the ICSI. And it's quite a painful recovery. Huh. And the poor guy, he's going to have to do it all over again this week when I go in for my first egg retrieval. So that happened very quickly for us. Uh, but it's taken about six months from there to get to our first successful retrieval. So our first cycle was cancelled due to inconsistent follicle growth. Uh -huh. And I was just absolutely devastated and completely unprepared for it. And I felt like I just needed more information. And I just went, I went looking for some way to gather knowledge and a bit of emotional preparation for the future mm. pitfalls mm -hmm. and that's how i found you guys so oh. thank you so much for the format it's great even when you don't know about someone something you've got someone to call in and tell you about it and so i'm looking forward to coming home and listening to the next episode after my <laughs> retrieval and good luck to you too dory fingers crossed for both of us bye okay that was a very charming australians i wish australians called in every episode well, you know, we have some Australians that call into every Star Trek episode. Oh, really? Yep. Andy does horrible uh, impressions of Australian people. Do they, they sound as charming as Edwina? Not nearly. She sounded very so, charming. Uh, wow. That is a lot. It's also like, you know, I get, it, I'm a little jealous that he gets to have to go through something too. What? You know what I mean? Like he shares the burden? Like he shares a, a, a painful burden? You want that Although painful burden? Although how much pain burden? is it for you? Um. Well, the recovery from the retrievals is not that fun. Yeah. It depends. I mean, there was one retrieval that was really bad. Mm. Yeah, but like, you know, he, he also has to be like laid up and recovering. Yeah, totally. So... Well, Edwina, thank you for your call. I'm wishing you the best of luck and uh, keep us posted. 
please, please. And call in again. Call in again. Let us know what With your happens. charming accent. Uh, and let us know how your husband's balls are. Thank you. I hope you uh, all have enjoyed your delicious meals and children's sunglasses. Maybe at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Picnic time. Um, so we heard from Courtney about also about retesting embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, this May, we did our second retrieval and decided to PGS test our blastocyst after experiencing two failed FVTs from our first egg retrieval that were not PGS tested embryos. We had a total of five day six of five day six blasts to test. Mm-hmm. Three were normal, one abnormal, and one no result. We were given the chance to defrost and rebiopsy the inconclusive embryo with an office ninety to ninety five percent thaw success rate. That's in quotes. Mm-hmm. After talking about the risks of the biopsy, freeze, thaw, rebiopsy, freeze, and then potentially thaw and transfer, we chose to move forward with the rebiopsy. After two previous failures and the huge cost of PGS testing, we wanted to have the peace of mind that we were working with the strongest chances possible of success. Our office thawed the embryos and gave it an extra day to culture in the lab. Unfortunately, the embryo didn't survive and never had the chance to even be rebiopsied by the embryology team. Initially, I was incredibly upset at a lost embryo and thought, what if this was our fault for pushing the envelope? But after speaking to the embryologist in person, she said that since the embryo didn't make it, that there was a very big chance it was an abnormal embryo anyway. With how expensive IVF is and how emotionally draining the experience is, I'm okay with how our situation played out in a way, saving us more disappointment. I don't know if there is a right choice when it comes to testing embryos. And there are great points coming from each side of the coin. We can only do what we feel is best for our situation and be prepared to deal with the outcomes. Best of luck to the caller on making the best choice for her family. Agreed. Good luck with this transfer and thank you all. Thank you for all you guys do for the infertility community. There are lots of us Chicago eggheads who appreciate it. P.S. Us Chicagoans should plan a meetup via the Facebook group. I, I agree. That sounds like a great idea. I mean, if there are any Vegas eggheads, I'm there all the time. <laughs> So, just meet him at the video poker machine. Meet me at a video poker machine, or um, watching a, a Red Sox game on a at a sports book. Yeah. Um. All right. Dory, Dory took a picture of me playing video poker with um, Marina Sirtis, Lavar Burton, and Jonathan Frakes. I dragged them all over to video poker at the Aria. They had fun. It was a good time. Yeah, we had a great time. <laughs> Uh, they're very nice. They're the best people. They're like seriously the best people, and I am not a Trekkie. I do love that G- J- Jonathan and his wife had had the same discussion that you and I had had. <laughs> the discussion being, gosh, is Matt really friends with Jonathan Frakes, or is this just kind of like? And the discussion being like, were you guys? Did you guys really enjoy each other's? Like, yeah. what was happening? Right. Are you really friends? Yeah. What's hap- are you guys <laughs> weird? What's happening? Yeah. That's very funny. Yeah, Bo has gotten up on the couch. Here's a Bo update, everybody. I know a lot of time has passed since Bo's last movement. Uh, he crawled up onto the couch. I didn't even notice him do that. I watched him oh. uh, in the office, and he has decided to sleep on my shirt and shorts that are sitting on the couch. He looks very cozy. He's a cozy boy. He loves coziness. He's a CB. Um. All right. We represent the uh-huh. Lollipop Guild. This is from Marna. Oh, 
Hi, guys. My 17, almost 18-year-old son is a donor-conceived child via egg donation. Nice. He has a very laid-back attitude about it. Um, he's known his story from infancy. I think that's what she meant. She wrote, he's not his story from infancy. So I, I think she meant known. I can tell you from years of experience and talking with him about this, that this is really not a big deal because it's all he knows. I am his mom. He knows who his egg donor is. And because we don't make it weird, he doesn't make it ne- weird. And then she sent me a link to a YouTube video and said, this is Nick. He was interviewed for a conference that was in Los Angeles a couple of years ago. As you see, he looks and sounds like a regular kid. He's not a freak of nature. He's well-balanced, brilliant, and I'm not just saying that because I'm his mom and his yeah. SATs are the top 10%. Ha-ha. Nice. And he's a kick-ass musician. Oh, look at this bragging from a mom. I'm into it. Um, that's great. Thank you for writing in, Marna. You're saying it's possible to have some sort of donor situation where you don't end up with a lazy dog who sleeps all day, but you end up with an intelligent boy Hmm. or girl. I can't picture it, but I'll have to believe you. (sighs) All right. You know, yes, uh, I, these voicemails, I've, I've a set of three voicemails. So what that tells me is it was a nine minute, monologue that got chopped up it's actually six minutes do we want to hear all three voicemails what do we think i mean six minutes is not you know okay it's not the well we can play the first one thing in the world and if we think she's boring we can stop well that'd be very mean it would be okay Hi, Joanna. It's Stop. Rachel it's Roy pretty Hunt. boring. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I'm kidding. I just watching episode, watching, listening to episodes 14 to 17. And I oh want my to God. say, if you've already listened to my last voicemail, don't answer my question about acupuncture because you already um, answered that in episode 14. Um, <laughs> I wanted to add something. Um, in one of those episodes, there was a young woman who was asking about whether or not she uh, should freeze her eggs. Now that I've gone through this whole infertility debacle um, a little bit earlier than than many people do, um, I now give unsolicited advice to young women who, you know, talk about putting uh, babies on hold for their career. There is a blood test that you can get in Canada. Oh, I don't think I said where I'm from Vancouver in Canada. In Canada, it's not covered by um, our health care, at least in British Columbia. So you pay $90 for it. But um, this test called uh, an AMH test or anti-Mullerian hormone test actually is a really good predictor of uh, essentially the age of your eggs. So I'm a 35-year-old with 49-year-old eggs. And so that says a lot about, you know, my IVF options, et cetera. So what I would recommend to young women who are trying to decide whether or not to freeze their eggs or what to do or, or even if they're just deciding, you know, I'm going to put this off five years, which is what I did when I was 28. I decided, you know, I'm going to focus on my career, put this off a couple of years. Um, Go get an AMH test. It's a simple blood test. Your doctor can order it. And then based on those numbers, you'll have a good sense of whether or not you need to think about freezing your eggs. And um, that way, rather than waiting five years and then finding out that your options are really limited, um, you know what to do earlier on uh that's something i really wish that i had done and it's not something that was recommended uh to me by any of my healthcare professionals so do that 
Um, you also mentioned recently uh, that like some employers recently in a year ago the US might give you a little bit of unpaid time off of work. Um, I just find that so absurd. In Canada, it's illegal to not provide unpaid pregnancy and parental leave. Your job must be safe for you. Uh, and this was recently increased to 18 months in Canada. So your employer has to save your job for you for 18 <laughs> months if um, you adopt a baby or have a baby or anything like that. Canada's and crushing. You're also eligible to get um, employment insurance payments um, for that period as well. And usually that maxes out at about $500 a week. So, yeah. Um, I'll take it. US, you could do better on that. So, um, Oh, no Canada, shit. Pretty awesome. Um... And I do hear stories. You know what else we could do better on? Um, Poutine. We're not great at it. I love when people from other countries are like, you know that the U.S. sucks for this stuff, and it's like, no shit. Yeah, we have a very bad uh, (laughs) mortality rate, mother mortality rate. Yeah. For a developed country, we are the worst. Yep. It's really pathetic. Um, because uh, we don't value such things as uh, the well-being of individuals. We only value how much money they could possibly make if everything was stacked in their favor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go, America! Should we listen to Rachel's other two voicemails? Look, she's Canadian. Otherwise, I'd say no. All right. Hi, Dory It's Rachel Roy calling again. I hope she knows uh, where she was cut off. So- on a previous episode, I noticed that somebody got cut off, and then I totally didn't pay attention and rambled on and got cut off. So I was just going to say, um, because I am I'm now a labor and employment lawyer here in Vancouver, British Columbia, I see lots of cases of um, people who uh, do end up getting pregnant, and then at the end of it, their employer either tries to fire them or tries to put them into a different job or demotes them because they like the person that uh, replaced them best. Wait a second. You're telling me that in Canada, perfect Canada, yeah, people do this? I thought you just said that you get 18 months guaranteed. Well, you do, and then if it doesn't work out for you, you call, you call her. Rachel? Okay. Better. That's not allowed. Um, So if that happens to you, make sure you go and uh, talk to a lawyer. Um, I took a really long time to become a lawyer. I had lots of careers before that. I was like a park ranger and a flight attendant and all this stuff. Park ranger and flight attendant. Oh, Air Canada. Earlier voicemail, which is if you're a young woman and you're thinking about um, putting off having kids for a while, go and get the anti-malarian hormone test. So... Uh, you have a sense of where you're at and you can plan accordingly. I really wish I had a time machine so I could go back and do that and then maybe plan things a little bit differently. But that's okay. We're really excited about our donor egg journey. Anyway, um, I'm listening to you while we're moving. Mm-hmm. Um, part of our life plan was to get a second bedroom to put a baby in. So we are moving on. This is going to be funny when she gets cut off again. Now hopefully we can just end up uh, having a baby for those second, that second bedroom, despite uh, my really shitty ovaries. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of mixed use tall condos. Anyway, um, I see that there are like 80 more episodes after this, so I really hope that the podcast is still going and I'm not just leaving voicemails in the oh. internet wasteland. What? Look um, at the thank last you release day. And I hope to listen to the podcast. Good news for you soon. Uh. Take care. Bye. <laughs> 
so she didn't get cut off there. That was funny. But she did leave one more voice. I hope she called. Hi, I listened to episode Rachel, 14, 32. Again. I am literally spamming you now, and for that I apologize. <laughs> it's just great. that I listened to episode 18. 18. And, oh my God. The thing about the no period on Provera, but the spotting being what the doctor is looking for, but the nurses tell you, hey, wait for your. Oh, yeah, I remember blow. that. That is what happened to me on our last IVF cycle. My so God. I think it's really important for people to know that if you're not getting your period within the couple of days after your Provera, like they say, go in for a blood test because they don't actually need you to bleed. They just need your hormones to reset themselves. Also, I am so glad that your dog has an Instagram account. My dog <laughs> just followed your dog. Uh, our dog is also a rescue um, who we love very much. Uh, she started to recognize your voices from me just playing you nonstop while we pack oh. and move. Should we have um, taken Bo to Vancouver? So, yeah, thanks for sharing Beauregard's Instagram uh, handle. And um, it's weird to know what you look like as you keep taking us through your adventure. Thanks for that. Bye. I mean, I think we look pretty much like the cartoon yeah, versions do. of us that are on the cover of this. Yep. I'm almost always wearing a hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually have a beard. Yep. So, I'm growing out my bangs, though. Dory's growing out her bangs. That is an update for everyone here. <laughs> recent recent haircut. <laughs> Now, there are some bangs that are being grown out. Yep. So if you're expecting to see Dory with some bangs... Vis-a-vis the uh, logo, you'll you're be gonna disappointed. Be real sad. I don't think you have bangs in the logo. They're kind of swept to the side. <laughs> <laughs> They're side swept bangs. Okay, Rachel, great voicemail. I kind of am delighted and hope you continue to call when you hear like episode twenty-eight. <laughs> totally. Um, all right, this is from Hendrick. Hey, Matt, Dory, and Bo. I'm one of those listeners who is currently not personally doing the IVF thing, but after finding the podcast through one of Matt's other podcasts, nice. I enjoyed listening quite a bit. I'm getting married next week, so family planning is definitely a current topic for us. I hope that we won't be affected by infertility, but if that is the case, listening to you has taught me a lot and actually took my fear of infertility a little bit. The reason I'm writing in is because of the Dutch couple going through infertility in the sometimes confusing German healthcare system. <laughs> they mention that German insurance does not cover a thing, but if they are insured via a state insurance, which uh-huh. is the default case, then their insurance should cover at least half of the cost. There are conditions that have to be fulfilled, of course. This is great. <laughs> First of all, They have to submit a treatment plan with estimated costs to the insurance, which the treating doctor should do. Then there are some criteria they have to meet. The couple must be married Mm -hmm. and only their own eggs and sperm cells can be used. Okay. Both partners are at least 25 years old, the female partner at most 40, and the male partner at most 50. Got it. The medical necessity of the treatments must be ensured. The treatment should have a chance of success attested by the doctor. Okay. Both partners are HIV negative. Both partners have consulted a doctor regarding the medical and psychosocial effects of artificial insemination treatments. Mm -hmm. So lots of bureaucracy, but that's not unexpected for Germans, I guess. That's a term you don't hear very much anymore. Psychosocial? Artificial insemination. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like that term is gone. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that was a term that I heard a lot in the 90s, mm. but don't hear anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good talk. 
If all this is given... Hey, Rachel, call me back. I'll talk to you. (laughs) The state insurance should cover half the cost for eight cycles of artificial insemination without hormonal stimulation. I think that's IUI. Yeah. Yeah. And three cycles for insemination with hormonal stimulation and three cycles of IVF or ICSI. From then on, the couple may opt to pay for treatments out of pocket. So how much do the treatments cost? I could only find estimates from a fertility clinic in Berlin. This is a guy who's not going through infertility, but was so interested in a conversation that some Dutch couple or a Dutch right uh, listener had called talked to us with that they've gone and done this research the because Germans, we had questions. Very conscientious. They are very precise. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the way a Porsche is built. I have not, personally. Well, look, they're very precise over there. Uh, they estimate the cost for a state-insured patient to be around 100 euros per artificial insemination, 600 to 700 euros for IVF, including anesthetics. Oh, no. And around 800 euros for ICSI. Depending on the drugs used during the cycle, an additional cost between 100 and 1,000 euros may be added. For self-paying patients, the costs are a little over three times as high, which still seems pretty affordable compared to the U.S. Yeah. Not pretty, super affordable. This got a little long, but maybe you can cut the irrelevant parts. Too late. Nope. I hope my information was accurate. If not, another German listener will surely correct me. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the pod. It always brightens up the start of my week and is a welcome distraction during the stress induced by our wedding, remodeling a house, and finishing up my master's thesis. If you guys are ever in Germany, let me know. All the best, Hendrik. Thank you, Hendrik. Thank you, Hendrik. We're going to take another quick break. I'd love to be in Germany at some point, actually. Oh. I'd love to visit. You know why I don't like recording in your office? Why? You get very distracted by your computer. No, I don't. Hmm. Uh, I honestly have to keep moving the mouse because you get distracted by the photos that pop up on the screensaver. Mm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> well, Are you going to deny that? Are you going to? You're not denying it. Yeah, she sometimes gets on me about these the screensaver because it's all these photos from from life. Dory, Dory's very confused. I'm really oh, I see what happened. You printed out two. It printed twice. <laughs> oh, I was like, there's no way we're getting to every email this <laughs> I was week. Like, this is and, very thick. And quite frankly, thank God, <laughs> we accidentally printed out two. Wow, what a waste! Don't of forget this paper. one, which you didn't print all of. The side of it's cut Oh, off. no. I mean, I have to read it. But you it have it right computer. here, so you're going to be okay. Okay. Um, that was supposed to be a surprise for you. Well, I don't, I don't oh, you didn't read, read any of okay, it. Okay, so. good. Okay. Uh, this is from Cynthia. Mm-hmm. Hi, Matt and Dory. I hope your two-week wait is flying by, and then it's followed by 38 weeks of pregnant bliss. It's flying by in the sense of uh, we haven't had a second. Yeah. but Avishai and Roberta will really make any time be... Uh, Fly Busy. By. <laughs> um, all right. I started listening to your podcast in February when my husband and I had only been trying for three months mm-hmm. and I loved y'all's insight and dynamic that I stuck around even though I wasn't going through IVF. Fast forward six months and my husband's first sperm analysis revealed he has no sperm. Oh. Oh no. The excellent adventure curse. <laughs> Are you saying that's a curse now? Don't make it a curse because then people think it's a curse. No, it's not a curse. Not a curse. I'm just kidding. Um, I know you all have talked about choosing an IVF clinic a lot, but something that has stuck with me is your conversation with CCRM about how much of a difference the lab makes for IVF. However, I definitely don't know how labs work. 
So how do I know I'm choosing the correct IVF clinic with a good lab? Hmm. Are there certain questions to ask? Statistics I should be looking for? I have no idea. Considering that the lab makes an even bigger difference for success success with ICSI, I'm hoping you can put out the sperm signal to see if there's anything my husband and I should be looking for when choosing an IVF clinic. Thank you for all that you've done to create this community and awareness about IVF. I feel it was a godsend that I started listening to you a while back because it prepared me for the news of my husband's sperm, but also for what I know will be a long road ahead. That's a good question. That is a good question. And I don't have an answer for that. I don't either. I'm putting out the embryologist signal. Yeah, or the lab signal. Or the lab signal. If you're like a lab worker who enjoys talking while uh, someone is in the next room trying to make a child, (laughs) please. Oh, I did ah, have Whoops, sorry. What what are you doing? Didn't mean to do that. I I think she did. (laughs) No, I didn't. Subconsciously. I didn't. Um... Yeah, I'd love to hear from... I know we have embryologists who listen to the podcast. That's true. So I'd love to hear from you guys. I wish our embryologist, who was in the room with us, who I posted on Instagram, listened to the podcast. Maybe she does. Why wouldn't she say, hey, great pod? I think that would be weird. You think that'd be weird? I think that's breaking some sort of Hippocratic oath. God, I'd be finally vindicated if anyone in that office pretended they listened to that podcast. Yeah. I haven't seen any changes that I've suggested. <laughs> There's no coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Billing department still, you know, as we heard from our first email or second email. Or was that our first email? That was our first email, right? Yeah. I don't remember. Um, yeah, so so we would love to hear from anyone who has some actual insight about what to look for in a lab, what questions to ask, and what makes a quote unquote good lab. Sorry, I just was listening to Bo semi-snore. He looks so cute, curled up like that. He's a, he's a big curler. If you ever follow Beauregard Bosch on on Instagram, it's B-E-A-U-R-E-G-A-R-D-B-O-S-C-H. Not the easiest name in the world to spell, but that's his Instagram. I posted a really cute video of him the other day making his bed in yeah. the armchair. In the, you should have tagged... Um, Burrow. Burrow. I, I would have had to put like hashtag ad. But it's not an ad. According to the FTC, if you get a product for free, oh. you're supposed to do hashtag ad. Well, hashtag ad. Bo loves it. Bo loves it. Like he legit loves it. I mean, I love it too, but Bo looked really Look, cute. We don't have much opportunity for it because Bo likes it. So. <laughs> That's true. It only fits one Bo. Um, I've, I've sat on it with him. That's good. Um, All right. This is from Anonymous. Hi, Anonymous. How are you doing? Thank you for sharing your story and daily struggles with us. I love hearing the real real because it is just that. And I think a lot of us can relate. Side comment. I also hate paying for parking. Why validate a parking ticket if you still have to pay $11? Great question. Great question. But I digress. Matt. Yes. I want to echo one of the previous callers and say, you are a great husband and partner. Don't let some of the other listeners make you feel otherwise. (laughs) I think their notes have a lot more to do with them and their situations than you. While my husband and I haven't been comfortable talking to a lot of our friends and family about our infertility, I learned that one of our close friends is in the same boat via the Facebook group. Oh, wow. That's interesting. You joined the group and you're both in there. Yeah. Seeing we were both members gave us the courage to reach out and have someone to talk to. That's good. That and your podcast has been tremendously helpful to me. Now on to my question. My husband and I have been trying for the last two years. After our third IUI, 
We were lucky enough to conceive, but I ended up suffering a miscarriage after eight weeks. My body has taken a really long time to recover, Mm -hmm. nearly five months at this point. Yikes. I'm 33 and our doctor has started talking about IVF. We are fortunate that our insurance will cover much of the expenses, up to four retrievals, I think. But knowing how hard and expensive that road can be, we are wondering if that's the best choice. Based on your experience, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Our doctor seems to be on the side of IVF because they can control every step of the process. I should mention that we had testing done after the miscarriage and they couldn't tell us why it happened. Everything tested normal. Since we did get pregnant, would you recommend trying IUI a couple more times to see if we get lucky again and spare ourselves the emotional stress and expense of IVF? Or should we bite the bullet and do IVF? Because let's face it, I'm not getting any younger anonymous. Look, if you can afford... Forward IVF, it certainly is more, uh, you'll have a lot more information going in, and it is more controllable. Um, so there's that. There's obviously not a 100% success rate with a PGS-tested embryo. As, You're listening to... As we know. To a couple of non-success rates. But um, I think, you know, if you've shown you can get pregnant, but you had a miscarriage, like with IVF, you would at least know if the embryo was was genetically normal excuse me yeah um there's been some discussion in the facebook group about kind of when to give up on iui so you you might want to look back onto those conversations i would just do a a search in the facebook group because my sense from just reading people's stories in the facebook group people felt like a lot of times they went through multiple IUIs like for no reason with yeah. no success. And that after a lot of people seem to think that after three IUIs, you should just move on to IVF. Mm. Um, there is no set rule. So, but there's no set rule. So, um, all right. But that's what I'm saying to you is if, if it's, if it, if it's something you, you think you guys can afford, you know, is the peace of mind of, of having the embryo tested, worth it to you right that's what i'll say right all right here's a voicemail hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Matt and Dory, I'm putting out a signal. It's called the Lex signal. Lex? Lex, where are you? Are you okay? What are you doing? (laughs) God, I hope you're okay. Lex, come on. The Lex signal has gone ah, out. Ah, sorry, sorry. Got, the Lex really signal is going out again. Messing up the voicemails this time. Um, so, in fact, we've heard from Lex. Late breaking. I still have to get on Lex's podcast. Yeah, you I'm do. Such a bad answerer of things. You are. You should answer him. I want everyone to know that I have right now eighty-six text messages and um, thirty-five thousand one hundred seventy-seven emails. That's insane so i'm sorry everybody i'm bad at this um so we did actually hear from lex unbelievable all right here we go 
Hey guys, so I was Hi. thinking about the whole journey adventure warrior subject. Uh-huh. These phrases all tend to bring to mind something that is either whimsical or uh-huh. adversarial. Yeah. Calling it a journey reminds me of every time someone says to me about truck driving, you must love all the travel. While I'm in fact moving all over half the country, travel seems to imply something very different than what I go through each week. Mm-hmm. And the whole warrior thing implies a battle in which there's an adversary to be defeated. I think the best name for what you guys are going through is an experience. It has neither positive nor negative connotations, nor an implied ending. Just a simple statement that you're experiencing something. Should we have called it Matt Dory's Excellent Experience? I know it's far too late to change the name of the podcast. Oh, Lex. But in hindsight, I think Matt and Dory's or Dory and Matt's IVF Experience may have been a better title. Just a thought. Lex. Dory and Matt, Matt and Dory. I still don't know which way it sounds better. Yeah. Okay, a little nitpicky housekeeping. A while back, I wrote in about how I've raised Johnny, and apparently my phone had autocorrected the word skeptically to read scripturally. You can imagine my surprise when I heard Dory read the phrase, able to think for himself in a logical and scriptural fashion. You know what, Lex? It did strike me as odd that you had stuck so close to the Kim, King James edition. I went back and looked at my email, and that is in fact what I sent, but almost the opposite of the intended meaning. There is a lesson somewhere uh, here about not writing emails on phones, not to mention the value of proofreading. I know it's a small thing, but it's been bugging me, not to mention that it earned a real what the fuck from my wife, Beverly, when she heard it. That's so funny. <laughs> oh, Lex, it's good to hear from you. Thank you for... Lex, you bring me joy. Reassuring and, our listeners. Uh, I hope you also, uh, a lot of our listeners experience the similar joy hearing from you, Lex. Yes. Um, and now we have one more voicemail. Okay. Good afternoon, Mr. Myra. This is a voicemail? I mean, email. Okay. Sorry. I'm... We are contacting you in regards to a small but serious matter regarding a parking validation fee. While you did pay $7, thank you, at one of our facilities, the receptionist that day accidentally undercharged you. <laughs> it actually cost $7 per person, per vehicle, to use our valet oh, services. Oh, no. Since your wife accompanied you on that day, your total balance should have been $14. Oh, we apologize boy. for the inconvenience. However, we really need you to do the right thing here. We've heard some interesting things on your audio program. And while you may think our valet fees are, quote, outrageous, as you put it, they help keep our lights on. You may be surprised to know that over 90% of our industry's profit margin comes from valet fees. This wouldn't surprise me. Please consider that the next time you decide to publicly railroad our company and take food out of our mouths. First and final warning, sincerely, Rob, a loyal listener, go Pats, go Red Sox. (laughs) I would pay $10 if you would use some of those amazing profits for coffee. That seems fair. Like if it was like a ten dollar thing, and I got in there, and there's a nice, just like a nice black hot pot of coffee ready mm. to go, just just raring to go mm-hmm. for anyone who needed it. Mm. Quite frankly, I'd be delighted. Do you think they're like, well, caffeine's not good for the that, IVF process, I mean, they so they're like, no, we don't put coffee in the thing. That could be. It's also like another thing they have to maintain and deal with. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that... uh, Hashtag don't care. Hashtag okay. Okay, thank you. Um, Also, just a reminder, you can support us on Patreon. 
Get up to two bonus episodes per month at yeah. patreon.com slash adventure. And if you support us at the $5 level or above, you will get your name read on the podcast each month. You will also get the back catalog of the Patreon episodes if you support us there. And thank you uh, to all of our old and new supporters. If you are a new supporter this month, you will get your name read on next month's episode. Honey, would you like to do the honors? I'd be happy to. Okay. Uh, so these are the names uh, of the people who are better than you currently listening because you're not a patreon supporter hurry up and join the good people and go to patreon.com slash excellent adventure uh kathy hill chelsea chelsea roger uh chinami worth chris dibel uh christina uh Evgine- oh, sorry christina avgarinos avgarinos avgarino <laughs> i was supposed to read these fast and quite frankly i've already ruined my own timing christy mags Christy Stoltz, Claire Schwartz, Daniel Kohler, Darlene Estramira, Edwina Goodingham, Elizabeth Jurado, Elizabeth Cluick Olivus, Olivus. Um, I think I might want to read these. <laughs> it's crazy how bad I am at this right now. Uh, Emily Brett, Emily McNaughton, Erica Brown, Aaron Turley, Evelyn Schmevelin, uh, Greta Truitt. Heather Nelson, Jack Woodyard, Jackie Geary. Whoa. There's a character on the Goldbergs. Okay, keep going. Anyway, James Feigl, Jason King, Jen D, Jennifer Floyd, Jennifer Steele, Jessica S, Jolene Sigler, Julie Phillips, Kane McCall, Kate Dewey, Catherine Regan, Catherine Shimmons, Catherine Simpson, Katie Looper, Katie Tavi. Uh, Kelly Zimmerman, Kelsey Kinneman, and Carrie Mills. You are our Patreon listeners for this week, and we appreciate each and every one of you. Uh, look, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, we're recording midweek for the episode that's going to air on Sunday, so get those emails in early and uh, buckle up because we'll have some news. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We'll either be buying winter hats for Colorado <laughs> or hanging out. Buying Rochambeau baby sunglasses. There you go. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Go big, 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 big,